The NBA season is heating up and Kevin O'Connor and Chris Vernon have got you covered on The Mismatch. They discuss all the news, the trends, and transactions happening around the league. They also offer their on-court analysis and occasionally get into heated debates. Check out The Mismatch on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Whether it's taking all your little ones to their sporting events or everybody getting together and taking a ride to the beach, the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure. With features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident. It was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. Robin Ruins here, Logan Murdoch, Raja Bell. Raja, we have a special guest today that you told me you might have a little funk with, a little beef, a little, little something you want to get off your chest, man. Oh, no. What's Will, up? I, look, so Willie and I are straight. We go back a long way. Um, hey, uh-huh. Will, do you remember when 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 we were we, when we were in Utah, right? You got traded. Do you remember mm-hmm. that morning when you got traded? What was what where you were and what was happening? I'll never forget it. Do you remember? Yeah, I was we was in Dallas. Yeah. About going to play the Mavs where I was on the, the I was getting taped uh on the on the training table in yeah. in uh in Briggsy's room. In Briggsy's room, yes. And we we're watching Sports Center. Correct. That's right, correct. And you was next to me, I think, at the other table. Yep. And it popped up on the on the screen that I had been traded to the to the Nets. Dog. Okay, I'm glad you remember it like that. And, every, I, and, every, and everybody was like, You know this? I'm like, uh no, I don't know nothing about this. <laughs> Let me call my agent real quick. <laughs> That's exactly how I remember it, though. I just wanted yeah. to make sure I wasn't, like, romanticizing yeah, the story or anything. What's that like, man? I know Rogers always has told this story about what it's like from his vantage point, but what's that like when you when you get in tape about to get ready for a game and you see on the TV, yo, I'm going to – my life's about to change. I'm about to go to Brooklyn. Or not Brooklyn, not Brooklyn, uh, New Jersey. New Jersey. New Jersey, yeah. I mean, a lot of stuff went through my mind because, number one – it was out of nowhere. And then also not knowing, not knowing if it was true or not. So, you know, I had to go through all that, finding out it was true. I literally went down to the, to the bus, got on the bus and told everybody, you know, dapped everybody up. This shoot around? And, what is this? What is, where yeah, are you we're going to, we were going to shoot around. And okay. then the fact that I had like 30 seats at the game, because we're in Dallas and it's, that's home yeah. for me. So yeah. I had like 30 tickets to the game that night. That just went to waste. <laughs> what, did you call the homies? Was you, you like, what did you, you know do? What? I, I never even really asked who went to the game. Like, <laughs> like I, that might, I might need to ask. You know, who they just they wanted to find catch out. a Mavs game, bro. It, yeah, I mean, there's no reason to waste them at that point. And then my my wife at the time was uh, eight months pregnant. Eight months pregnant. So it was a lot. There was a lot that went through my head over those last those next couple hours, just trying to figure everything out, and then having to just shoot out to 
to to Jersey to do the press conference and and get rocking out there. So you know, it was it was definitely tough. You know, especially going from you know a, a winning team. You know, where we we had been in the playoffs and had a lot of success, and then I was going over to a team who I think when I got there had like thirteen wins or something. So yeah. you know, it was it was difficult. Yeah, that's tough, man. I had one of those in uh in Phoenix, kind of the same way, except I didn't see it on the ticker. Like I got a phone call from a friend that was like, hey, I think you're traded. And I was like, what? We were going like two to game, Will. So I literally, second, first bus is leaving. I, I'm out in the hallway telling everybody, hey, man, I see you guys. Like when you yeah. play the Bobcats, I'm out. Um, I was going to say, this is why Draymond went on that rant the other day. Yep. Because it's like, damn, just somebody could tell you. What, what would you, <laughs> all right, before you, before you ask that question, Darren, what would you feel like is the a better way to say someone got, what is the perfect way to get well, traded? Like, I don't like know, I know how to how, how answer that question. Like, okay. I know it's, I know it's a business, right? And like, yeah. So I understand it. Like I was, I wasn't mad. I was, I didn't, there's no animosity. I understand it. But at the same time, it's like, okay, you, you got the deal done and I know it's two sides to everything. Right. So, you know, I don't think it, it probably wasn't Utah that leaked, you know, the trade. It was probably somebody from the Brooklyn side or New Jersey side. But at the same time, it's like, man, just, you got the deal done. The first call should be to whoever's getting traded. Yep. Yeah. You know, so that they can like give me a little heads up because there's no way that they did the deal and it was already on the ticker and they didn't have enough time to make a phone call to me or my agent or the shit. Somebody on the team that's coach somebody, you know. I don't even know. I'm just going to tell a story. This isn't even a question. I found it fascinating because, Will, you know, I worked in the front office with the Cavs uh, yeah. for a year, right? So I'm doing my kind of due diligence into like the system and how they rank players and in each player's, uh, like under each player's name, under Logan Murdoch, there's a file of intel, they call it, where, mm -hmm. you know, people would have talked to someone in the organization that know Logan and gotten some stories, some anecdotes, and they just punch that shit in, like, and, and they mm -hmm. kind of go off of that when it's time to trade for you. So I yeah. always say this to say that my, my situation was real similar. Wife had just given birth, um, and I, like, got traded and had to be in a new place in 24 hours. Like, that's really yeah. tough. We're in LA, got to go to Phoenix, pack your shit, tell your wife bye, and then be in Charlotte. So I was not happy when I got to Charlotte. Like, I was, I wasn't. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I wound up being happy, but like, I'm, like, my yeah. whole life is turned upside down. I yeah. found in my Intel file uh, a, an account of like the first person that met me in Charlotte, and he blasted me as being an a-hole, like, mm -hmm. you know, all of that. And, and none of that was factored in, like the fact that my whole world had been turned upside down. And this was sitting in someone's intel file about me as a player. Mm -hmm. yeah. You wow. know, and I found that really interesting. Like, man, you guys got to do better because you don't know who yeah. you're talking to and when they cross my path. How do yeah. you find that? Like, how do you find that? Do you, well, do you... Uh, Griff, Griff was lightweight pissed because, you know, Griff is my guy, but Kobe Altman and Trent Redden and all those guys were supposed to erase my file so I couldn't read my own as I was getting familiar with the software. But my mm. file was there and I clicked it and I mean, there was stuff in there like, you know, he's got a wife um, and a and a baby. Um, there's a third child involved. Not sure it's his. Like, wow, reckless shit, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> man, this is really like a li lightweight irresponsible. But certainly, you know, you should take into account when someone gets moved like that and their whole world is turned upside down that, that you know, you give them the benefit of the doubt, at least transition. And was the transition hard for you at all, Will, when you got to... New Jersey and, and every, your family wasn't with you anymore. You're dolo and you're trying to process what happened to you. hundred percent, hundred percent, man. That, that first, that first night when I got there, I was staying in like the W hotel in Hoboken and you know, the W's ain't the most warming, inviting hotel. It's like cold <laughs> and just like, 
I'm just like miserable. I'm like, damn, like this is this is this just really had like almost like that. Is this real moment? Man, it yeah. was a lonely, it was a lonely ass feeling. And then they put me in this because I was, you know, I only had a couple months. We only, it's February. We were going home and there was no playoffs. So, you know, I stayed in this like uh corporate housing type thing that was literally mm-hmm. my 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 I looked out the window and it was a, a, a cemetery. And then I didn't have, you know, my wife couldn't travel at the time because she was about to, she was about to pop. So I had to wait. Um, she gave birth the 9th of, of March to our son. And then I had to wait like another, you know, month before she traveled. So I didn't see them for, you know, two months, to, which is the longest I've ever went, you know, without seeing them. And I'm literally losing on top of that, you know, and I, and I, I liked all the team, all my teammates and everybody was, you know, more than accommodating to me, but it's still a lonely ass feeling not having your family around you for the first time after you get traded unexpectedly, finding out on the TV, you know, all the things that, that I just went through. So, you know, it was definitely a, a tough experience yeah, for sure. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. And, it's, man. and the only thing is it only happened to me one time, at least, you know, I know guys who got traded six, seven times. Right. So, yeah. I want to. Uh, I do want to get to your uh, your Brooklyn days slash New Jersey days in a bit, but I do want to first want to get to um, your hey, Utah first, day. What's first, up? Go ahead, Roger. first ask him about his legendary like Halloween parties, bro. Oh, hey, hey, okay, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. First, hey, Roger, ask him on about one those. second, one second, Roger, Roger. All right, let me, <laughs> let me get this right. Let me get this right. So, Darren, you know, I hear about these um, Halloween parties you should throw in Salt Lake. Uh, yeah. Were they were they legendary? What was going on there? What ha- what happened? No, we had some we had some good parties. I, I love Halloween, man. There's something about Halloween, you know, getting to dress up and uh, you know, it's a it's a good way to get everybody together, have fun. And so yeah, I had some I had some some great parties, man. I had some great <laughs> parties and I had I had this punch called Big Boy Punch. What was that consumed? What was that mixture of? What was that of? So it was a concoction of it was uh for every bottle of gray goose. You'd put a bottle of, of Moet in there. Cranberry, I haven't made it in so long because it's not, it's that was when I was like 22, 23, 24. Like I'm not, I'm not even thinking about drinking no shit like this now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the fact that I even drank it hurts hurts my head and stomach right now. Uh then it was uh sugar-free Red Bull, cranberry juice, and pineapple juice. And so I would put it in like a big ass cooler, like a five, 10 gallon cooler and just mix it. So it was, you know, several bottles of each alcohol. And, uh, man, there's a lot of people that, that didn't make it home, that slept on my couch, that threw up, that missed flight, that missed flights. There was a lot of, but I always made sure that we had a day off the next day because there was no practicing after that. Yeah. Yeah. Raja, what was your first experience with the big boy juice? Oh my, so I remember like, say it was the highlight of like, the early part of that year, dog, we got all decked out. Like we were dressed as like a ghost couple. And we went, it was my first one. I had just come back to Utah, man. And we, it it was like, you had the golf simulator in the garage at the time, right? Like you yeah, had just yeah. got that kind of hooked up. So it yeah. was, it was a night, sir. I'll just put it like that. The big boy punch would have you, uh, forgetting parts of the night before that, but mm. it was a good time, bro. Like, he, he, Willie and them used to do it right for the for the Halloween party. Yo, I think I'm tipsy right now just thinking about it, just even thinking about the concoction that's going on right now. I think I need I to... Will, I will never drink... I will never consume Big Boy Punch ever again in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can guarantee so, you that. Yeah. 
And no so, matter how many Halloween parties I throw. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it could be a glass I'll, of cab uh, or a Pinot Noir yeah. or something like, it'd be something some like tequila. that. Tequila. Tequila. <laughs> Y'all, y'all are tequila. wild, bro. What it, um, so your time in Utah, how, how was that? Because I, I know my, my experience with, with you, I mean, watching you play, it was always D. Will versus CP. It was always D. Will versus CP. You never knew, um, you know, who was 1A, 1B. Like, I feel like every time I watch either one of y'all play at that night, y'all were the best point guard in the league. Um, what was that like for you? Was there was that just something that we saw that was like, you guys are two, two best in the league? Or was that something that you saw as like a friendly competition? Or like, yo, man, I'm looking at what CP's doing. I'm looking at um, what I'm doing versus what he's doing. Was, how was that for you uh, while you were in Utah? I mean, people say that, but Steve Nash was still winning MVPs when we were when we were when we were in the conversation. So, I mean, there was man, the point guard position was very strong when I was playing. You know, you had Gilbert Arenas, you had AI, you had Chauncey Billups. I mean, I mean, the list goes on. But um, you know, definitely, I enjoyed playing against CP because we came out together. We were, you know, I was the third pick, he was the fourth pick, and so there was always that. You know, there was always going to be that narrative, and. Uh, we were friends at the time as well. So like when, when I came to, to New Orleans, you know, we would go eat dinner, we would hang out, go to the casino for a little bit, you know, play cars, whatever. Same, same thing when he would come to Utah, you know, he'd come over, we'd have dinner. Um, so it was always a friendly rivalry and definitely, I definitely always got up for that game, you know, because there was always that competition, you know, dating back to, to college. Yeah. I will. Um, point guard position, the way it's played now versus the way you guys were taught to play it. Now, the the names you just kind of talked about, like yourself, you know, Young CP, even even Gilbert Nash, they, you could all score the ball. But it was almost like there was like a ceiling on what was acceptable in terms of like shot attempts. You know what I mean? So like once <laughs> yeah. you started getting to that number, people were like, yo, he's wilding. Like yeah. you yeah. see the way the position's played now, right? Like, I don't know, just draw a comparison. Like, do you, do you, do you like it? better now do you wish like maybe y'all had come up in more of a freedom of 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 offensive expression time for point guards like are you more of a traditional dude like i don't know what i'm asking but it's way different than when you guys play (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's different man i mean you know you know you play for coach sloan you we and you play for phoenix right so you were playing like phoenix was a more freestyle offense at the time you know still not what it is today but it, 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 it was more of, of get shots up quicker where I played for Coach Sloan, who we didn't want to shot until there was at least 11 seconds or less on the clock. Right. So, you know, you didn't have that freedom. And yeah, like I was more of a traditional point guard, pass first point guard. I could score, but I would rather, you know, I'd rather get 20 assists and score 20 points any day of the week. Mm. And so, you know, like you said, when I started, I felt like I was, you know, getting up there 15, 16, 17, 18 shots that's when I'm like, okay, maybe I need to, you know, pass a couple of times. Cause this, this is looking like I'm a, I'm a two guard instead of a point guard. Right. And now, now you look at, you look at the game and it's like, man, point guards is like, just how many shots can I, can I get the most, I need to get the most shots up. I can. And, uh, you know, it's definitely a lot of freedom out there. And I feel like I would have thrived in that, <laughs> in, yeah. in, that no. in that style of yeah. play in my, in my, in my prime for sure. Yeah. I mean, because they're, they're they're running like if, if I got a guard like you now in today's NBA, right, like they can do all that you can do and your ability to like post like because mm-hmm. you are you are a big guard. dog. Like they're actually running offense, not for the complimentary players, but for you. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like analytically, yeah. like let let him eat, let him cook. Um, I'm just always interested. Not not knocking like today's players are phenomenal, but like yeah. what you have enjoyed, like that type of narrative around point guards when you played to kind of let you get loose, you know? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say it because, you know, growing up like that wasn't me. Right. I, I was. I was kind of like my mom instilled passing in me, still, you know, playing unselfishly. So it, it, growing up, that wasn't me. Now, right. had I grown up in a different era where, you know, that's that's how I played, it might have been different. And like I said, I feel like I could have adapted at the time. You know, I think all it does is, I mean, it builds your confidence, you know, mm-hmm. to, to know you can go out there and shoot pretty much whenever you want. And it's a good shot. Right. Mm-hmm. No matter what, it, no matter if it's from the logo step back and transition, you know, those shots when I was playing, like all these shots that people are taking are bad. They were bad. They were horrible shots when we were playing. Sure. Horrible. Like sure. horrible. Like you, you might get subbed out for taking some of these shots. Not might. You were getting subbed out for taking these shots. <laughs> if you were playing for Jerry, you were coming out. <laughs> you were coming right out. Yes. Like, yeah. Wow. For sure. I mean, did you watch other team like the Phoenix Suns and be like, damn, man, like I wish I could do that. Like, I wish I could have I mean, a bit shit, more of I had, a leash. I had a lot of freedom, so I can't really complain you know do i have james Harden? did i have james harden freedom no did i have steph curry freedom no i also couldn't shoot like steph so um <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason there's a reason these dudes have a lot of freedom man they they, they put the ball in the basket efficiently you know yeah. you can you can knock them you can say whatever you want you don't like their style of play but i mean they're putting the ball in the basket that's for sure yeah how how good was andre Kirilenko? very good Right? Very good, and could have been. It could have been so much better if he just developed. If he could just shoot, if he could have shot the basketball, like even like, just like a little bit better, just to where people had to be up on him. Right, right, where they couldn't just like back up off of him. And he had games where he would hit, you know, three, th- threes, four threes, but it wasn't. You weren't worried about it, right? You weren't. Right. Like you're like, oh, we'll live with that, man. But I've never been around a player that could do everything he could do at his height. And defensively, I mean, he was special. He was special, for now, sure. Now, D-Will, yeah. I think you know what my question is going to be now that we brought up Karolinko. I don't. I remember <laughs> uh, <laughs> I remember. I remember. in the uh, – you were on the floor during the dunk. Oh. Was that wild on your on your on your uh, end? I remember because I I was in the bay when that happened, and I remember watching that at, at the crib, and that was that was crazy on our end. What was that like? Because y'all won the series. Y'all already won. Y'all beat y'all yeah. beat the Warriors already. But what was that moment like from the opposite side to be on the floor when that happens? You know, I still feel bad about it to this day. <laughs> the Baron just Davis dunk on Carolina. Yeah, you know, I just we just had to relive it last week because. Steph did the little dunk, you know, in warmups and like raised his shirt up. <laughs> and so then, and then Baron posted it and I'm like, man, I liked it. And then I, I commented, I'm like, man, I don't think I should be liking this shit. <laughs> Cause it's my fault. Right. All right. Yeah. yeah let's, let's talk to, put us through the play from your vantage point. What happened? Shit. My feet uh, got stuck. <laughs> you didn't see, I tried to grab him like three times, you know, it's just bad defense. That's all it was. I mean, he just blew by me. Bad defense. AK. The one thing about AK is he's going to try to block. He's going to jump with anybody. He has yeah. no shame. He don't care about getting dunked on. And that's the thing. That's why I don't really feel bad because he doesn't give a shit. There's one okay. thing AK does. He does not get. He slept just just as good that night as he would any other night. That, that's facts. How AK loud was, was it tripping. that night? Was it loud? Was it cra- how was the was it crazy Dude, just being in honestly? It? That's one of the the craziest environments I've ever played in. 
my mom, she almost got in, like every time she was in the arena, she almost she she got into it. People, people were man, people. This people were being nasty to her. The whole my whole family section. Wow. Uh, yeah, the bay was the bay was jumping, which I loved. <laughs> so, hey, Salt Lake's no punk though in terms no, of like no, no, that, no. Talk about talk about um. But do you remember um when like it was the year I had come back. We were we were supposed to be really good. Like there were, you know, Al Jefferson came in, you were there, Paul was there, you still had Matt, AK, Memo. Like there were some real pieces on that team. We we couldn't get it together really, like in practice. You remember we stayed after practice one day to 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 like iron out the kinks mm-hmm. of that. Um mm-hmm. it was my first, it was my first I, I looked through the window, like over to my right. And you remember like there was a stairwell there, and I saw Jerry like hovering in that stairwell, right? And he was pacing. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember it, but I'll always remember it. I go out and I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, coach, <I> <laughs> I'm like, coach, what's going on, man? And he's, you know, he's like seething. And I'm like, yo, hey, Jerry, this is just us trying to make sure that we are right for you. Like we're, we're here to, and so I know that the relationship was complicated and all that. I ain't trying to dive into it, but can you talk to me about like what Salt Lake meant for you during that run and what Jerry meant for you? Like, cause he was a tough, hard nosed dude. You yeah. were young, things happened, but what did he mean overall, dog, in the grand scheme of things? Man, he meant a lot. I mean, so to talk about that situation, you know, I remember it. I remember it because he ended up, we ended up getting into it that day as well. And I think that was kind of this like the start of when things started to go kind of bad. Because, you know, like you said, we had a we had a we had a lot of guys coming in, new guys coming in, and we were struggling in that preseason and pick and roll, like right. really badly. Like, and so I wanted to get it right. Right. I, I didn't want to struggle with it and we needed to clear some things up. And I had talked to him about it and he didn't seem to, you know, feel like it was that big of an issue. And so that's when I was like, well, let's just on our own, let's just talk about it. Right. And I think, you know, with, with the way Jerry is and him being so old school, you know, he, he sees that as like me trying to take over me trying to coach or what, you know, whatnot. And that wasn't the case, you know, and after, after we did that and walked through everything, we talked about it. I'm like, okay, we're good. And then I go in and he's like, can I talk to you? And then proceeded to kind of let me know how he felt about the situation. And I was just like, you know, we, we got into a little, little heated discussion and ended up going up to Kevin's office and talking about it. But, you know, I, I just know that that's just him. You know, that's, he just comes from a different era that I was used to, you know, right. where, where I consider and what like, you know, I feel like the coaches before that I played with in college, they would consider that leadership, you know, taking initiative he sees as like more disrespect. Right. And it's something that I think I didn't really understand or couldn't understand at the time because I was just so young. Right. So young and like kind of immature. And so, you know, definitely, definitely things I wish I would have handled a little differently if I could go back now. But obviously I can't. Um, but as far as what he meant to me, man, he meant a lot, man. I think. You know, there was a lot of lessons that I that I that I learned from him that I didn't understand, and and I actually talked to to, uh, to Deshaun Stevenson when I got to Jersey about it because, right. you know, he went through a lot of the same things with Jerry as well, where he just was so young, you know, he wasn't at in a place to to really understand why Jerry did some of the stuff he he did, why you know uh, he was the way he was, and. Um, you know, he pushed me a lot. You know, he pushed me a lot. Even my rookie year, I talk about it where like I was so pissed that I didn't start because I felt like I was the best point guard on the team by far. Mm-hmm. Right. 
And even when the two point guards that were in front of me went down, I still didn't start a point guard. He put Andre <laughs> Owens, another rookie, and started him over me. Like, and I was just so mad. Like, that's like so mad about it the whole year. Like, really, I don't think I ever got over it for a while. It took me a while to get, <laughs> took me a while to get over it. <laughs> yeah, wow. But I, but like, I know why he did it. Like, he wants to make you earn it. He wants to. He he always wants to see how you're going to react to things, how you're going to respond. So, um, you know, it was just little lessons that I learned you know, throughout playing for him that I didn't really understand at the time. And, you know, he honestly was the best coach I ever played for. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't the best like X's and O's coach that I ever played for. But as far as just like getting people to, to, to know their role, um, to do the right thing, to play in a system, to execute, you know, he yeah. was, he was by far the best. Yep. What, what was something that you feel like, you know, an older Darren Williams could have, handle it how do you think an older Darren Williams could have handled that situation um because you just said that right like you 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 learned a lot from that situation but you're also young if I were to if you were to go through that at like I don't know 30 instead of 20 something how do you think it would have it would have played out you know I don't know I I think I think I kind of I probably could have went to maybe one of the assistants and told him kind of what we were feeling as a team Mm -hmm. and maybe he could have had his, he could have had Jerry's ear, and then it probably wouldn't have. It made it might not have been done that day, right then, right there, like we wanted. But it it could have been something that happened the next day, or the next day. And I definitely could have handled the conversation after a little bit better. Okay, but I'm 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 a bit temperamental, you know. <laughs> it happens. What, what people like what see, but Jerry's <laughs> thing was like to to double down on Darren. Like I was I was there before like before Darren was drafted like and we were we weren't very good at the time right because they had just lost Carl and they had you know to the Lakers and and uh stock had retired and we were a young team and you know Jerry was Jerry would threaten to fight you man like Jerry would him and Ostertag would would man. like square up in the locker room like that's Wait, just like, seriously they, what? Squ- they they squared up the year oh, no I wouldn't even know that was the year no, was my, the- it was my second year because he retired that year there was a, like Greg threw an ice bag across the room. Them two were squared up. We were like, "Oh shit!" See, that's why. That's the whole thing to me is like everybody says like I made Jerry retire. I'm like, man, what I what, the argument we had was so minimal compared to the shit I had seen before. Jer- Jerry Sloan was trying to run the fade in the in the right. locker room. Man, like- Jerry was trying to. I mean, Jerry tried to fight Jerry Stackhouse. <laughs> what? I would have paid to see that one though. Wait, that wait, wait. Been, like ser- Dar- he was, seriously? We would have to see that. I mean, he challenged him on the court. I mean, I heard I didn't heard Coach Wait, Sloan yeah. say a lot of stuff to a lot of refs, <laughs> other oh, yeah. players. My man's trying players. to fight Jerry Stackhouse, bro. That's that's tough. I mean, that's Coach, tough. Sloan, Coach Sloan was a G, man. I, that's the one thing. Uh, he, he, he Say it again. He was a G. G. He was a G. He was. This, hey, this this cat said one day in a in a in a in a film session. But first of all, he had hands like like they were yeah. like meat hooks, bro. They were huge and big and like. So he said, "What he said? I want to remember." He said, "You know, I'd fight most of you in here, like, and I'd win. And for those of you that I don't think I win, I got an ice pick in the car." And we were like, "Oh shit!" And y'all believed him too. Y'all believed that too. But, and, but you know what? At the end of the day, like. It was like, there was real, there was love for Jerry though. Like, you know what I mean? Like you knew that's who he was. He didn't, it wasn't like, he didn't like you. It was, his teams wore that on their sleeves when they played. Like that, you know, you came with that 
tough lunch pail mentality. This is how mm. we're going to do it. You know, we're going to run this four up, four down. You know what's coming and we're and we're still cramming it down your throat with it. Like, that's the way they play. It's the way we play. Mm. Yeah. So, towards the, so Raja tells me towards the, the, his, like, last night of, um, with Jerry, right, of where, like, you, you guys get it, you guys get into it and then um, he re- he just retires the next day or resigns the next day. He told his side of the story. How was that for you, D. Will? When he just <laughs> can you can you tell the story from your vantage point of okay, we have this game, and then I think Rogers says you guys go in for a, a team thing, and it's like one two. It's usually like one two three team, and then it was like one two three something else. What was that for? On what was what did he say? What did he say when he said one two three? Hey, what did he say when he said one two three that night? <laughs> was it was it was it one two three good luck? It was good luck. That and we were all <laughs> like, what? <laughs> wait, so what happened? Wait, what happened? So so what happened is like we have these, we have, we have these plays that are always run on specific sides of the court, right? Mm-hmm. And so Al Jefferson, he like literally likes one block better than the other. Like right. it's not even like a secret. And so I switched one play because I saw something and I was like, let's just try it. I was like, let's run it the other way. Literally the same play on the, the same opposite play, side of the floor. The I just switched it to the opposite side of the floor. Mm-hmm. And so we ran the play. Got a bucket. Got a bucket. Got a, yeah, I think we scored. And I didn't think nothing of it. And then we come in at halftime. And first thing out of Coach Sloan's mouth is like, you want to coach this team? And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, <laughs> he's like, so he just kind of, he was upset about that. And I'm like, nah, man, I was like, you got it. I was like, you got the juice. I was like, I was like, you got it. I was like, I'm just, and so he just kept on. And I'm like, I, like, I, I didn't know what to say. I was just like, I, I was like, I fucked up. <laughs> I was, my bad. And so he was like, our owner was there. He's like, great. Can I talk to you? And I was like, I want to be there. So I walked, I walked with him and he was like, basically like, I'm done. And I was like, no, he, no, no. I was like, just trade me. I was like, just trade me. That didn't have to happen. And we go back out on the court, lose the game to the Bulls, come back in, and he says the one, two, three, good luck. And so, so you like, knew that you knew it was done. You knew it was like well, you knew well, it was over. I mean, I don't. I didn't know. I didn't know he was gonna, what it was going to happen in the morning. Mm-hmm. So there's a wall um, between our locker room and the training room where you guys went to have that talk, right? Like you guys mm-hmm. like went around the corner. So like you can't, it's to some degree inaudible, but you can hear the voices raising. So, you know, there's whatever, like, but none of us knew we couldn't have known at that time. We went out and played the whole second half. D I don't know if you remember this, but like the second half, you guys didn't really talk. So like you would tell me, Hey, go tell Jerry like this. And I will go over and then Jerry would be tell D will we're going to run this. And I'd be like, Oh shit. All right. And I think, so we did that. But no one knew Logan. So at the end of the game, when he said, good luck, we all literally looked at each other. Like, what did, did, did he just say good luck? And I still didn't know. I got to shoot around, not shoot around. We had treatment the next morning and I got to treatment like probably 20, 30 minutes, like late, like, and he had already retired. Like he had already had a press conference and just kind of shut it down. That's wild, man. How do you play after that? What do you do? Like, how does that, how, what is a player's mindset after some shit happens like that? Uh, I mean, it was tough for me because, you know, of course it was all, you know, I got blamed for everything. So, you know, yeah. here, here goes the most beloved coach that ever coached Utah and I'm, you know, I'm the blame. So it was tough. You know, it was definitely tough. I think what, it was, what was it like four or five games before all-star break? Yeah. So, yep. I mean, I only, I only had five more games in, 
in Utah, then I was and I was gone. You, you said no, nah, you could trade me. They was like, no, nah, he gonna resign, and then we gonna trade you too. <laughs> that's, what, <laughs> well, that's, that's exactly what that's happened. What, <laughs> <laughs> hey, dog, I've never. You got <laughs> traded, right? Like we we hear about it. Um, same time, like we're looking at the ticker, like oh. And then obviously you got to pack and, and dip, right? So I'm sitting in like the hot tub, you know, those old bullet type hot tubs, like the low mm -hmm. ones on the floor. Um, mm -hmm. So I got my feet in, I'm trying to warm them up before a game. And Kate, Kate, Kevin O'Connor comes through and, you know, he says something and he says, uh, he looked at me, you know, in only the way he could. And he goes, sometimes you get what you deserve. And I was like, oh, oh. like, and it was in reference to the trade dog. And I was like, mm -hmm. you know, that, Will, I mean, I don't really have any beef with 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 Kevin. Like, I certainly have no beef with Utah. But that one was eye-opening to me. Almost as eye-opening as, as I tell the story about Robert Sarver telling me why he wouldn't give me an extension, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it all speaks to bigger picture. I'm on a different subject now of kind of what, what Draymond talks about. Like, it, there are times in this where you are moved like a piece on a chessboard. Like, you are moved yeah. and it's, you're not necessarily seen as human in the equation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think I come to find out how everything went down is kind of like, so, you know, Mello was trying to get up out of Denver, right? Okay. Yep. And so it was like, it was like New York was offering, the Knicks were offering a package and the Nets were offering a package. And so like, I had already kind of hinted to Greg that I was going to like leave after my contract was up. Right. And so Oh, you knew already. You knew you was gone. You knew you was going to do it. No, I mean, I like kind of. Okay. Kind of. It was just, it was just, you know. Time had like, come. Yeah. Like, because I had been around all the best players in the world. I played, I played in two Olympics. I played in the Olympics, right? And I was trying to recruit everybody. You know, I'm talking to everybody. Nobody's coming to Utah. And I know, like, I'm, 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 a, I'm a really good player at the time. But I know I'm a, number one. I'm a point guard. You don't win championships with just a point guard, mm -hmm. right? You need pieces. You know we need other pieces. And like all I saw, the writing on the wall was nobody is going to come to Utah. Not one person I've ever talked to was interested in coming to Utah. <laughs> it just was a reality. And so I felt like I had to go somewhere else at the time because that's how the NBA was. It's not like it is now. And so um, I kind of you know hinted at that and. Um, Come to find out, I guess, basically, when Melo went to the Knicks, they just offered me for that same package to whoever wasn't going to mm. wasn't going to get Melo. So if he went to Brooklyn, it was going to be the Knicks. You know, it's kind of like kind of like that. I think is how it kind of went down. Wow, yeah, that's interesting, man. What was that? So what was that overall? That experience in New Jersey slash Brooklyn like? Right, because I remember there was a big deal. Um, you know, you were the free agent at the time. You just still didn't sign with anybody. And, um, you know, you chose to go back to Brooklyn and wasn't like Dallas on the table too. You had like suitors. Yeah. You were a real big time yeah. free agent. Why did you stay um, when you had suitors? What, what was the reason that you maybe didn't go to Dallas or you didn't go to another place and you stayed in Brooklyn for that time? Yeah, so like, you know, I was very comfortable with like the ownership management group in Brooklyn. and. You know, I, I kind of, they kind of laid everything out for me and told me, you know, what their kind of goal was and what they were trying to do. And then I went to my meeting with Dallas and, you know, Cubes didn't end up coming to the meeting. And that was like a little off-putting. And then like talking to him, you know, Donnie, who I love, you know, just in there just saying like, trust us, right? Just trust us. And so like, 
I'm coming from some like a place where they're like laying everything out, you know, kind of telling me what their process is like. And then on the flip side is Donnie saying, trust us. And I get why he's saying that now because the track record, right. They have this, mm -hmm. I mean, he's got a great track record, you know, yep. what they've done, what he continues to do. And so I think at the time it was hard for me to see that. And then I think cubes not being there kind of, kind of threw me off. Cause I actually, I, I was going to Dallas. Like I already mm -hmm. had put an offer on a house in Dallas. Wow. It was content. It was contingent on me signing, but like I was, I was gone. Like I was ready to come, come home. I was ready to, to, to come home and play for Dallas. Um, and then I think after that meeting, I kind of left the meeting and was like, I was like kind of wishy-washy of what I wanted to do. And then I just kind of went with comfort. Like I was comfortable there. I knew what to expect. I know what's going on and, and, and chose there. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two for five dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. Um man, I got I got so many questions. But I'm gonna ask this one first. All right. I ran okay. into you like when I was on the grind with with Cleveland, right? And the bowels yeah. of like Barclay, right? Um yeah. And, that, and I mean, that's a pretty cool ownership group, Will. Like, you got Jay-Z, you got Beyonce. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on, man. Like, give me give me a cool, like, Jay-Z, Beyonce story, <laughs> dog. Like, give me something that, give me something good, man. I don't know. So, you know what was dope was when, so when Jay-Z opened the Barclays Center seven nights in a row, I went two of the nights. But the first night, I went to open the night. Yeah, I think I went to opening and closing. So, the first and the last. But the first night, um, I went... And then, like, I just went and we were enjoying it. We were in, uh, I had a suite. We were in the suite, watched, watched the whole thing. It was dope. And then somebody came and got me. It was like, hey, Jay wants to, Jay wants to holler at you after the show. So I went down there, went back in his dressing room. His dressing room was like, it was our locker room, but it looked like a, it was like black, like plush carpet everywhere. And white couches, beautiful white. <laughs> it looked like a whole different, I was like, 
It's like, wait, this is our locker room? <laughs> <laughs> Beyonce was in there on the couch. I think she, she might have been pregnant at the time. I don't know. But uh, it was just a cool story. It was my first time meeting her. Um, yeah. And like, I, you know, I had interacted like on the court, but not, never like in that situation. So it was pretty dope. And after seeing him perform, being back there, chilling with him. You know, yeah. dope, dope experience. That is dope. Cause I'll tell you mine was this, the, the, listen, I had an on-court interaction. It was all good, right? You give the quick, like, yo, what's up? Yeah. I, I ran into him in the bowels of the arena that night and, and Beyonce, you know what I said to them? Hi. I kept it moving. <laughs> bro. <laughs> bro. I was like, I was, I don't get starstruck like that. I was like, Hey, and just kept it nah. moving. Though. Like, bro, like, I had a, I had a terrible experience being both of them at the same time. It was a very bad experience. I remember, uh, cause I covered the Warriors when they, when they were like really good, like 2018, they came to a, to a playoff game. Right. I think it was against the Pelicans. So like I strategically positioned myself in Oracle to, to like where they was going to walk or whatever. Right. And so, I walk back out to the uh, tunnel and they're walking towards me and Beyonce, bro, gives me the coldest look. Like, I ain't shit. Like, she looked through <laughs> me. Like, through my whole soul. Like, and so, like, I'm like, damn, right? And then I, I, I don't know what to do and I'm like, and I say, yo, what's up? Jay was hella cool. He was like, yo, what's good? And walk by. But, but while Jay is doing that, Beyonce gives me the coldest look like, she mm. saw something like that was just terrible in me, I guess, and just looked at me for like a solid 30 seconds like I was nothing. So that was mine. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, how how big was uh was Jay's uh presence there? How big was his presence um with the uh with the Brooklyn Nets? You know, he was I mean, he was at a lot of games, you know. I think okay. that's kind of where his presence was felt. Like he wasn't in the locker room, he wasn't around like in any of the like the meetings or stuff like that, but you know, on the court, I think he was more, he's more the face, you know, mm-hmm. the face of the, of the ownership group because the Russians, they didn't like to be seen, you know, Prokhorov, he came in town like twice when I was, I never saw him after I signed. I never saw him again. How did that feel for wow. you? Like, how does it, how do you want to end? Oh, like, I mean, a, I does you find out about that? They, right, they cool. don't matter. They don't, they don't play into nothing we're doing on the court, man. I'm not worried about where the owner yeah. is or nothing, you know? Um, so that didn't bother me, but it's just, it is weird, I think, when an owner only comes in town twice, you know, to see it, you know, to see a team, his team play. Yeah. yeah, that's a lack of. It speaks to a lack of investment in that, like not not literally, but kind of figuratively, yeah. right? Like you're not yeah, really, yeah. like you're like, nah, yeah. Nah. And then, you know, and it's it's like, like there was a lot, there was a lot of stuff, I think, with the ownership, and I think they were just trying to figure it out. You know, they didn't really. I don't think they had, they didn't have basketball minds at all. And I think that's where it kind of, it was tough. Right. When, when you talk about it, that, that ownership, there was a clear, I think it was like a misguided will to win. Right. Cause they, at, at, as soon as they, as soon as Prokhorov uh, bought the team, he tried to, he tried to get the big, what big four, big five together with the trade um, with KG and bringing uh, Paul Pearson and then to, to add with you and Joe Johnson. And that was, it just seemed like a, I, I'm not going to say it was bad. I'm just saying, like, there was just a real, like, it just seemed like an urge to win. And I don't know, it just it wound up not working out. But it seemed like they were really aggressive and trying to get pieces early on in that Brooklyn, uh, in the Brooklyn era. What was that like on your vantage point? I mean, that wasn't early. That was my, that was like my fourth year. Okay. That was my fourth year there, I think, when they did mm-hmm. that. Because, I mean, as soon as he took over the team, like, even before I got there, you know, his, his thing was he wanted to win and win, win right away. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I think, why he went after Melo and then got me. 
I don't think that the trade was as bad as people like say. I just mm-hmm. think it was it was a tough situation for it was a tough situation because I had already been there four years. I was dealing with some some injuries at the time, and so I, I, I and and going through some stuff personally. Uh, it was the first year my family didn't live with me. They lived back in Utah, and so it was my first time being away from them for a whole year. So that year was tough on me, battling injuries. Paul got hurt early. KG was, you know, you know, he was battling through stuff the whole year. And then Brooke went down uh, with a with a fractured foot. And so we started off that season really badly and just couldn't get it going. We had just constant lineup changes and everything. And it just was a, just a rough year, you know, throughout. And so I think that's what kind of put a damper on things is because everybody had this these expectations of what we could be. And then just a lot of, a lot of circumstances didn't, didn't play out the way way we wanted to. But I I think if we were, if everybody was healthy and mentally right, you know, we could have been, we could have been really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought so too. Y'all play, did y'all play, um, y'all played Miami that, that year in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I covered that. I was just getting into the media, man. But I actually thought at the time, like that was, I thought y'all could knock them off. I, I, I thought that was a good a good look, a good mix of players, especially to compete against who you had to go up against with the Heat, you know? Yeah. Hey, w- Willie, what was it like playing for the Olympic team, man? Like, getting a chance to go out there and rock. You talked about knowing all yeah. those guys and playing with them. What did that mean to you? Oh, it's amazing. I mean, it's my my biggest accomplishment as, a, as an athlete, as a, as, a, as a basketball player, was being able to compete in two Olympics, you know, and win two gold medals because that's just something – there's not a lot of – this is a select few that can say they've even been in the Olympics and then – a, a very select few that can say they won Olympic gold. So, you know, it's definitely an honor to, to, to represent the country and to, and to go out there and, and, you know, bring gold back to, to the U S how locked in were y'all in, in, in 08? Cause that 08. was, that was when you guys were coming, you guys, you know, you hadn't won a gold in, in like, I think two Olympics. And what was that yeah. like to, to try to, you know, it was the redeem team. What was redeem that like team. for you guys? Yeah. No, we were super locked in. I mean, that's, that's, I think that's a term that we use a lot, you know, was being locked in and coach K did a great job of, of preparing us, you know, of getting us ready, you know, but at the same time we had the group of guys we had, you didn't have to really worry about that, you know, with, with LeBron, with Kobe, with D Wade, with J kid, with the leadership we had. I mean, it wasn't a, I mean, we had some, we had some tough games that last game against, against Spain was tough, but I didn't see anybody beating us with how locked in we were and, and um, the team we were, were going to put on the floor. How, how, what was Kobe's influence on that team, on that 08 team? How, how much did his influence kind of loom? Cause I remember there was this one thing where, where I saw like it was Grover, uh, his, his trainer was talking about how he would just go on bike rides through the desert and just like really just work, like just do wild stuff just to get like his mentally prepared. How was that? How was his influence and how his work ethic kind of went around the locker room, um, during that Olympics? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's contagious. You know, when you see, you know, at the time he was probably him and LeBron are the best players in the world. You know, arguably, you know, it's kind of one of those battles went back and forth at the time. You see this man, the work he's putting in, the hours he's putting in the gym, the extra shots he's getting up. You can't help. Like, you're not going to go sit down on the sideline while he's still out here at 30. You know, I think he was he might have been 30 at the time. You know, you know, see him doing that. And I'm, you know, I'm 20, 23 years old. I got to get up there too, you know? And, yeah. and so it was great. It was great being able to work out with him, to learn from him, to talk to him, to pick his brain about things and then have a chance to compete with him. 
was was there a friendly cop between comp between him and LeBron during that time? Was like was it oh, was it for, was for it like sure. a little like I'm trying to take this man like Brown's like I'm trying to take this and Kobe's like nah bro relax. Yeah, I think you can like it wasn't like they 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 were great friends right and they their their interaction was amazing but you, it's hard not to see that that they had like a little there's a little bit of a because there's like two alpha dogs being in the, you know in the same room you know mm-hmm. they want to they want to assert their dominance. And LeBron is different than Cole. LeBron is more playful, a little less serious, but but works just as hard, you know. Mm-hmm. And Cole is more just about his business, and still let loose with us, and still have fun with us. But it's just two different personalities, you know. It was it was fun to see. Who wins between twenty twelve and and two thousand and eight? If y'all go against each other, damn, like prime, everybody's prime. Because you got to think about it. We had like Russ. And Katie, I know, but they was tough and, though, and, exactly. And, and they were, and, and James, all when they were like, like James was six man, you know, he was yeah. averaging like sixteen a game. This ain't James, you know what I'm saying? But so that 2018 it, team, the 20, 2018 as assembled, and the 2012 team as assembled, not prime, but as assembled as they were as assembled. I think, the, I think 2008 would probably won that. Probably really? Won that. Okay, okay. Why? What? The, what's the really about, bro? You talking about? Huh? What's the really? What I, you I mean? Say, I, I think I think I think tw- I'm partial to 2012 because you have you have KD, LeBron, and uh, Kobe, D. Will, and then you got Russ coming off the bench, bro. You got him being just all he has to do is lock in on defense. That's all he had to do that 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 year. That's true. I, I was, you know, and then you had Chris Paul. Right? Don't let him like, run you off of that, D. Will. Don't let him run you off saying, of that, bro. I'm just I see saying, what I'm man, trying to do. Don't let him do older. it. D. Will, y'all a little bit older in 2012, man. Y'all a little bit older. Was nice, bro. We had D. Wade. We had Bosh. Uh, Bosch was going with everybody, bro. Uh, Dwight, yeah. Dwight was protecting that rim. Man, we had we had Michael Red coming off shooting that thing. Ooh, Mike Red. Miller shooting that thing. You had Iguodala on the shooting. 2012 team, though. Come on, man. Y'all, I, I'm sorry, though. I, I know you know the game, and I know that I gotta pick 2012, man. I gotta pick 2012. <laughs> Y'all, the 2012 was tough. 2012 was tough. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Don't let I me mean, talk you off that last. I think 2012 was tough. I, no, but if you go going 08, it's fine. I'm still going to. I'm still going to wait. There you go. Okay. Hold your ground. But if I would have said 2012, you probably would have argued 2008. No, 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 no. I would have argued 2012 because right? 2012. I right? think is the. I think 2012 is the best team ever assembled in general. D. Will has I you think. figured out, dog. And it took him wait, like wait. an hour, but he got you wait. figured out, bro. You think it's better than? You think it's better than the dream team? I do. What? But also, I'm young and 12, so like, can you know, I, but I can do I think that. Can I hang up on a podcast? I wish you would, because <laughs> I'm leaving too. <laughs> That's fine. We, we were nice, but I, yeah, I just, man, I don't know how. <laughs> I know you see what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? Like, I don't know hey, how hey, you could ever, like, just out of, out of respect, I just don't even know how I could ever say it. You even know what's funny, d like, I saw respect, you say I for a can't. second, I saw you for a second be a basketball player and was like, yeah, we'll kick their ass. But then you was like, no, I got to do respect. I saw for gonna, a second. I'm always yeah. going to think that, but I don't know. <laughs> just, just, just out of respect. Bro. I mean, that team, they were nasty. That's fine. That's fine. I'm still picking 2012. That's cool. That's all hey, good. Hang on. Hang on. Hand, that might be what's, that might what's be What's the handicap like right now? I want to know. What, like, what bro, we, I ain't even playing, man. I, honestly, I'm a two. I'm a two, mm-hmm. but I, I haven't planned. Like I, I played in this tournament, the LPGA uh, Diamond Resorts tournament in January, mm-hmm. the end of January, and I have not touched a club since I've been back. Weather's been kind of brutal in Texas, and I hate. I want the green, the grass to be green again. I don't want them sick of this this brown dormant shit. I need some <laughs> green grass. Like <laughs> the greens as hard as a rock and fast. I don't want. Golf is already hard enough. The wind's yeah. blowing. It's cold. I don't want to do that right, right. now. I feel you. I'll play, I hit on my. I got a. I got a simulator, so I'll, I'll hit on there. The t- 
<laughs> and I haven't been traveling, so right. It's hard to get out. Who, like who is the who is yeah. the best uh, golfer and like best basketball golfer right like right now? I know you play against Steph. Raja think he good, but I'm not no, sure. No, 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 like, no, 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 no. I would say I would say Steph or Ray. Okay, Ray hits it too. Yeah, yeah. I'm coming though. I'm close. Okay, no, Willie okay. can hit it. How's Memo's game, man? I am. I ain't playing you know Memo. What? In a while. Memo can play. Memo can Memo play, can right? Play. Memo can play. Like he got down to like a. He was like a. He said he was a six, mm-hmm. but he beat me straight up one day. Oh. And I was playing really good at the time. Now we were on his home course, and I never played there. Right. I got the sprain. I got the sprain in it. But, okay. Okay. But he's Memo. solid. He's yeah, no, solid for a, for a footer. Right. Yeah, boy. I listen. I saw Memo's. We were out there in, in Utah somewhere, bro. That, but I, I grabbed this pitch and wedge for him. Like, I really oh, thought like, it was a, yeah. it, it's a it's three a iron. Yeah, it's a driver. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. 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 He, he's like, he's like three and a half inches over. That's crazy. Something crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Oof. Crazy like that. Um, man, let's get to, uh, let's get to row one of the week, man. Let's get to row one of the week. It's something that we do every week is somebody that won the week, a person, an entity, an organization that won the week. Um, I want to go first, but it's a little. Raja hates when I go first. When it's a I'll deep one, when it's you go first, Raja, and then we'll go. We'll go with D Will, and I and I'll go and I go mine. What you got, yeah, Raja? I, I don't know if it was this week. It could have been late last week, but we haven't done this since then. I'm going with LeBron James. Um, okay, you know Zlatan mm-hmm. Ibrahimovic took a little shot mm-hmm. at LeBron, right? Mm-hmm. Came out telling yeah. him to stay in his lane, um, and LeBron just kept it a buck, like he, you know, like his platform is supposed to do and told that man under no circumstances Willie um, was prepared for it even threw some some real facts back at him and I just like the fact that LeBron ain't being pushed off his platform dog he stands for what he believes in real one mm. like will. who like is your that. real one of the week shit my real one of the week has been my real one of the week for shit, a long time now is is Steven Jackson mm. Stack Jack man mm. what he's doing what he's doing for 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 our community for our people is is amazing. Um, I mean, he's using his platform to his fullest potential. You know, the way he's been giving back. Just his posts are always uplifting. You know, I feel like I always get something when I when I when I tune in and listen to him, man. So that's that's my real one. Well, for sure. I'm gonna go my real one. It's a little somber one, man, but I hope he gets well. Tiger Woods, man. That was tough he mm-hmm. had over the weekend. And I hope hoping for a speedy recovery from Tiger, because that's that's tough, man. So Ruin of the Week, Tiger Woods. And um, that was a, another edition of the Real Ones podcast. I'm Logan Murray. It's Raja Bell. That's D. Will. You can check us out Mondays, Media Mondays. And you can also check us out on Thursday where we have typically have player guests, man. And we will see you guys next Monday, man. D. Will, thanks for chopping it up with us, bro. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect.
somewhere in the hotels.com app today.